0: Part eighteen of Benjamin Britton, Source Stories of Twelve Operas by Various. Part eighteen, The Turn of the Screw by Henry James, Chapters Five through Six. Oh, she let me know as soon as round the corner of the house she loomed again into view. What in the name of goodness is the matter? She was now flushed and out of breath. I said nothing till she came quite near with me. I must have made a wonderful face do i show it you're as white as a sheet you look awful i considered i could meet on this without scruple any innocence my need to respect the bloom of mrs grosses had dropped without a rustle from my shoulders and if i wavered for the instant it was not with what i kept back i put out my hand to her and she took it i held her hard a little liking to feel her close to me There was a kind of support in the shy heave of her surprise you came for me for church of course but i can't go has anything happened yes you must know now did i look very queer through this window dreadful well i said i've been frightened mrs gross's eyes expressed plainly that she had no wish to be but also that she knew too well her place not to be ready to share with me any marked inconvenience oh it was quite subtle that she must share just what you saw from the dining-room a minute ago was the effect of that what i saw just before was much worse her hand tightened what was it an extraordinary man looking in what extraordinary man i haven't the least idea mrs Gross gazed round as in vain then where is he gone i know still less have you seen him before yes once on the old tower she could only look at me harder do you mean he's a stranger oh very much yet you didn't tell me no for reasons but now that you've guessed mrs gross's round eyes encountered this charge ah i haven't guessed she said very simply how can i if you don't imagine i don't in the very least you've seen him nowhere but on the tower And on this spot, just now. Mrs. Gross looked round again. What was he doing on the tower? Only standing there and looking down at me. She thought a minute. Was he a gentleman? I found I had no need to think. No. She gazed in deeper wonder. No. Then nobody about the place? Nobody from the village? Nobody. Nobody. I didn't tell you, but I made sure she breathed a vague relief this was oddly so much to the good it only went indeed a little way but if he isn't a gentleman what is he he's a horror a horror he's god help me if i know what he is mrs gross looked round once more she fixed her eyes on the duskier distance then pulling herself together turned to me with abrupt inconsequence it's time we should be at church oh i'm not fit for church won't it do you good it won't do them i nodded at the house the children i can't leave them now you're afraid i spoke boldly i'm afraid of him mrs gross's large face showed me at this for the first time the far-away faint glimmer of a consciousness more acute i somehow made out in it the delayed dawn of an idea i myself had not given her and that was as yet quite obscure to me it comes back to me that i thought instantly of this as something i could get from her and i felt it to be connected with the desire she presently showed to know more when was it on the tower oh about the middle of the month at this same hour almost at dark said mrs oh no not nearly i saw him as i see you then how did he get in and how did he get out i laughed i had no opportunity to ask him this evening you see i pursued he has not been able to get in he only peeps i hope it will be confined to that she had now let go my hand she turned away a little i waited for an instant and then i brought out go to church good-bye i must watch slowly she faced me again do you fear for them we met in another long look don't you instead of answering she came nearer to the window and for a minute applied her face to the glass you see how he could see i meanwhile went on she didn't move how long was he here till i came out i came to meet him mrs gross at last turned round and there was still more in her face i couldn't have come out neither could i i laughed again but i did come i have my duty so have i mine she replied after which she added what is he like i've been dying to tell you but he's like nobody nobody she echoed he has no hat then seeing in her face that she already in this with a deeper dismay found a touch of picture i quickly added stroke to stroke he has red hair very red close curling and a pale face long in shape with straight good features and little rather queer whiskers that are as red as his hair his eyebrows are somehow darker they look particularly arched and as if they might move a great deal his eyes are sharp strange awfully but i only know clearly that they're rather small and very fixed his mouth's wide and his lips are thin and except for his little whiskers he's quite clean shaven he gives me a sort of sense of looking like an actor an actor it was impossible to resemble one less at least than mrs gross at that moment i've never seen one but so i suppose them He's tall, active, erect, I continued, but never, no, never a gentleman. My companion's face had blanched as I went on. Her round eyes started and her mild mouth gaped. A gentleman, she gasped, confounded, stupefied. A gentleman, he? You know him, then? She visibly tried to hold herself. But he is handsome. I saw the way to help her. Remarkably. And dressed in somebody's clothes they're smart but they're not his own she broke into a breathless affirmative groan they're the masters i caught it up you do know him she faltered but a second quint she cried quint peter quint his own man his valet when he was here when the master was gaping still but meeting me she pieced it all together he never wore his hat but he did wear well there were waistcoats missing they were both here last year then the master went and Quint was alone i followed but halting a little alone alone with us then as from a deeper depth in charge she added and what became of him she hung fire so long that i was still more mystified he went too she brought out at last went where her expression at this became extraordinary god knows where he died died i almost shrieked she seemed fairly to square herself plant herself more firmly to utter the wonder of it yes mr quint is dead chapter six it took of course more than that particular passage to place us together in presence of what we had now to live with as we could my dreadful liability to impressions of the orders so vividly exemplified and my companion's knowledge henceforth a knowledge half consternation and half compassion of that liability there had been this evening after the revelation left me for an hour so prostrate there had been for either of us no attendance on any service but a little service of tears and vows of prayers and promises a climax to the series of mutual challenges and pledges that had straightway ensued on our retreating together to the schoolroom and shutting ourselves up there to have everything out the result of our having everything out was simply to reduce our situation to the last rigour of its elements she herself had seen nothing not the shadow of a shadow and nobody in the house but the governess was in the governess's plight yet she accepted without directly impugning my sanity the truth as i gave it to her and ended by showing me on this ground an awe-stricken tenderness an expression of the sense of my more than questionable privilege of which the very breath has remained with me as that of the sweetest of human charities What was settled between us, accordingly, that night, was that we thought we might bear things together, and I was not even sure that, in spite of her exemption, it was she who had the best of the burden. I knew at this hour, I think, as well as I knew later, what I was capable of meeting to shelter my pupils, but it took me some time to be wholly sure of what my honest ally was prepared for, to keep terms with so compromising a contract i was queer company enough quite as queer as the company i received but as i trace over what we went through i see how much common ground we must have found in the one idea that by good fortune could steady us it was the idea the second movement that led me straight out as i may say of the inner chamber of my dread i could take the air in the court at least and there mrs gross could join me perfectly can i recall now the particular way strength came to me before we separated for the night we had gone over and over every feature of what i had seen he was looking for someone else you say someone who was not you he was looking for little miles a portentous clearness now possessed me that's whom he was looking for but how do you know oh i know i know i know my exaltation grew and you know my dear she didn't deny this but i required i felt not even so much telling as that she resumed in a moment at any rate what if he should see him little miles that's what he wants she looked immensely scared again the child heaven forbid the man he wants to appear to them that he might was an awful conception and yet somehow i could keep it at bay which moreover as we lingered there was what i succeeded in practically proving i had an absolute certainty that i should see again what i had already seen but something within me said that by offering myself bravely as the sole subject of such experience by accepting by inviting by surmounting it all i should serve as an expiatory victim and guard the tranquillity of my companions the children in especial i should thus fence about and absolutely save i recall one of the last things i said that night to mrs Gross. it does strike me that my pupils have never mentioned she looked at me hard as i musingly pulled up his having been here and the time they were with him the time they were with him and his name his presence his history in any way oh the little lady doesn't remember she never heard or knew the circumstances of his death i thought with some intensity perhaps not but miles would remember miles would know ah don't try him broke from mrs gross i returned her the look she had given me don't be afraid i continued to think it is rather odd that he has never spoken of him never by the least allusion and you tell me they were great friends oh it wasn't him mrs gross with emphasis declared it was quint's own fancy to play with him i mean to spoil him she paused a moment and then she added quint was much too free this gave me straight from my vision of his face such a face a sudden sickness of disgust too free with my boy too free with everyone i forbore for the moment to analyse this description further than by the reflection that a part of it applied to several of the members of the household of the half-dozen maids and men who were still of our small colony but there was everything for our apprehension in the lucky fact that no discomfortable legend no perturbation of scullions had ever within any one's memory attached to the kind old place it had neither bad name nor ill fame and mrs gross most apparently only desired to cling to me and to quake in silence i even put her the very last thing of all to the test it was when at midnight she had her hand on the schoolroom door to take leave i have it from you then for it's of great importance that he was definitely and admittedly bad oh not admittedly i knew it but the master didn't and you never told him well he didn't like tale bearing he hated complaints he was terribly short with anything of that kind and if people were all right to him he wouldn't be bothered with more this squared well enough with my impression of him he was not a trouble-loving gentleman nor so very particular perhaps about some of the company he kept all the same i pressed my interlocutess i promise you i would have told she felt my discrimination i dare say i was wrong but really i was afraid afraid of what of things that man could do quint was so clever he was so deep i took this in still more than probably i showed you weren't afraid of anything else not of his effect his effect she repeated with a face of anguish and waiting while i faltered on innocent little precious lives they were in your charge no they were not in mine she roundly and distressfully returned the master believed in him and placed him here because he was supposed not to be well and the country air so good for him so he had everything to say yes she let me have it even about them them that creature i had to smother a kind of howl and you could bear it no i couldn't and i can't now and the poor woman burst into tears a rigid control from the next day was as i have said to follow them yet how often and how passionately for a week we came back together to the subject much as we had discussed it that sunday night i was in the immediate later hours in especial for it may be imagined whether i slept still haunted with the shadow of something she had not told me i myself had kept back nothing but there was a word mrs gross had kept back i was sure moreover by morning that this was not from a failure of frankness but because on every side there were fears it seems to me indeed in retrospect that by the time the morrow sun was high i had restlessly read into the fact before us almost all the meaning they were to receive from subsequent and more cruel occurrences what they gave me above all was just the sinister figure of the living man the dead one would keep a while and of the months he had continuously passed at bligh which added up made a formidable stretch the limit of this evil time had arrived only when on the dawn of a winter's morning peter quent was found by a labourer going to early work stone dead on the road from the village a catastrophe explained superficially at least by a visible wound to his head such a wound as might have been produced and as on the final evidence had been by a fatal slip in the dark and after leaving the public-house on the steepish icy slope a wrong path altogether at the bottom of which he lay the icy slope the turn mistaken at night and in liquor accounted for much practically in the end and after the inquest and boundless chatter for everything but there had been matters in his life strange passages and perils and secret disorders vices more than suspected that would have accounted for a good deal more i scarce know how to put my story into words that shall be a credible picture of my state of mind but I was in these days literally able to find a joy in the extraordinary flight of heroism the occasion demanded of me. I now saw that I had been asked for a service, admirable and difficult, and there would be a greatness in letting it be seen, oh, in the right quarter, that I could succeed where many another girl might have failed. It was an immense help to me, I confess I rather applaud myself as I look back, that i saw my service so strongly and so simply i was there to protect and defend the little creatures in the world the most bereaved and the most lovable the appeal of whose helplessness had suddenly become only too explicit a deep constant ache of one's own committed heart we were cut off really together we were united in our danger they had nothing but me and i-well i had them it was in short a magnificent chance this chance presented itself to me in an image richly material i was a screen i was to stand before them the more i saw the less they would i began to watch them in a stifled suspense a disguised excitement that might well had it continued too long have turned to something like madness what saved me as i now see was that it turned to something else altogether it didn't last as suspense. It was superseded by horrible proofs. Proofs, I say, yes, from the moment I really took hold. This moment dated from an afternoon hour that I happened to spend in the grounds with the younger of my pupils alone. We had left miles indoors on the red cushion of a deep window-seat he had wished to finish a book and i had been glad to encourage a purpose so laudable in a young man whose only defect was an occasional excess of the restless his sister on the contrary had been alert to come out and i strolled with her half an hour seeking the shade for the sun was still high and the day exceptionally warm i was aware afresh with her as we went of how like her brother she contrived it was the charming thing in both children to let me alone without appearing to drop me and to accompany me without appearing to surround they were never importunate and yet never listless my attention to them all really went to seeing them amuse themselves immensely without me this was a spectacle they seemed actively to prepare and that engaged me as an active admirer i walked in a world of their invention they had no occasion whatever to draw upon mine so that my time was taken only with being for them some remarkable person or thing that the game of the moment required and that was merely thanks to my superior my exalted stamp a happy and highly distinguished sinecure i forget what i was on the present occasion i only remember that i was something very important and very quiet and that flora was playing very hard We were on the edge of the lake, and as we had lately begun geography, the lake was the Sea of Azov. Suddenly, in these circumstances, I became aware that, on the other side of the Sea of Azov, we had an interested spectator. The way this knowledge gathered in me was the strangest thing in the world. The strangest, that is, except the very much stranger in which it quickly merged itself. I had sat down with a piece of work for i was something or other that could sit on the old stone bench which overlooked the pond and in this position i began to take in with certitude and yet without direct vision the presence at a distance of a third person the old trees the thick shrubbery made a great and pleasant shade but it was all suffused with the brightness of the hot still hour there was no ambiguity in anything none whatever at least in the conviction i from one moment to another found myself forming as to what i should see straight before me and across the lake as a consequence of raising my eyes they were attached at this juncture to the stitching in which i was engaged and i can feel once more the spasm of my effort not to move them till i should so have steadied myself as to be able to make up my mind what to do there was an alien object in view a figure whose right of presence i instantly passionately questioned i recollect counting over perfectly the possibilities reminding myself that nothing was more natural for instance than the appearance of one of the men about the place or even of a messenger a postman or a tradesman's boy from the village that reminder had as little effect on my practical certitude as i was conscious still even without looking of its having upon the character and attitude of our visitor nothing was more natural than that these things should be the other things that they absolutely were not of the positive identity of the apparition i could assure myself as soon as the small clock of my courage should have ticked out the right second meanwhile with an effort that was already sharp enough i transferred my eye straight to little flora who at the moment was about ten yards away my heart had stood still for an instant with the wonder and terror of the question whether she too would see and i held my breath while i waited for what a cry from her what some sudden innocent sign either of interest or alarm would tell me i waited but nothing came then in the first place and there was something more dire in this i feel than in anything i have to relate i was determined by a sense that within a minute all sounds from her had previously dropped and in the second by the circumstance that also within the minute she had in her play turned her back to the water this was her attitude when i at last looked at her looked with a confirmed conviction that we were still together under direct personal notice she had picked up a small flat piece of wood which happened to have in it a little hole that had evidently suggested to her the idea of sticking in another fragment that might figure as a mast and make the thing a boat this second morsel as i watched her she was very markedly and intently attempting to tighten in its place my apprehension of what she was doing sustained me so that after some seconds i felt i was ready for more Then I again shifted my eyes. I faced what I had to face. End of part 18